Welcome to the Critical Conversations podcast. My name is Brianna Reesing, and I'm a critical care nurse with a true passion for preventative health. I've seen firsthand the impact that poor diet and lifestyle choices can have on us long-term. So with each episode, we'll dive deeper into the realities of our healthcare system, what preventative health truly entails, and what you can do about it. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Critical Conversations Podcast, episode 29. And joining me today, I have Heather Young. She is a 500-hour registered yoga teacher and certified yoga therapist. She has a lot of experience working one-on-one with clients and helping them achieve a better state in more ways than one in their own bodies, their mind, their spirit. And today, we're talking all about the power of your posture your breath, and what it is doing to your overall stress levels and digestion. It's a different type of topic for this podcast, but I think it's going to be extremely important, and I'm really interested to hear what she has to say on her side of things because she's seen drastic improvements with the clients she works with. As you know, her sister is Jennifer Klott. She's a holistic nutritionist, registered dietitian. She works one-on-one with nutrition clients, and Heather's actually assisted Jen with certain clients when the nutritional component just isn't working. There's always a chance you can be doing everything right when it comes to the food that you're eating and the lifestyle changes you've made, but if there's things going on internally and you're overall stressed and your anxiety levels are high, it's going to affect the way you're digesting your food and the way you're able to absorb nutrients, leading to the way that you feel long-term. So I think it's a really interesting way to bring the real food conversation full circle because sometimes it's not always just about what's on your plate. When I started nursing school, I remember one of the beginning classes, they started talking about the anatomy of the body and the nervous system and the two biggest components, the sympathetic and parasympathetic response. Those are the two states in our body, and you probably have heard of it as the sympathetic is the fight or flight, and the parasympathetic is our rest and digest state. The problem is, is it's really hard for the body to do both of those things at the same time. The fight and flight the fight or flight response was created to help save our lives in stressful situations. But in modern day society, we're constantly stressed out, we're constantly under high anxiety, and the parasympathetic response is taking a backseat and that rest and digest component just really isn't allowing us to absorb the food and nutrients and really reset and regenerate and rejuvenate the way we need to and the way we're supposed to. So Before I go into it any deeper, Heather has incredible insight into all of this. I'm going to bring her in on the other line and get this conversation started. Hey, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I love that intro because it really is tied into your stress levels. You'll see, I'm going to go through basically the the four wheels of your digestion car. (laughs) One of them (laughs) is stress. So it's the perfect way to kind of segue into it. And I'm excited to be here today. So you're saying that there's so much more to digestion than the food that we're eating. Yeah. And here's what's really exciting for me is that a lot of times food and nutrition and how we feel can start to feel really confusing and we get focused on the food and we get really frustrated when we can't figure out why it's not working. Why don't I feel good? Why, you know, am I having these symptoms like bloating and gas and and all this kind of stuff? And the thing is that there's actually simple free answers that you can apply to your body that really help answer those questions and support the nutrition 
decisions that you're making every day. So it's a cool add-on to the conversation that actually gets the most out of what you're eating when you go to eat. Yeah, I know in the past, Jen and I have talked about the dogmatic food rules and the food camps and the diets, like being strictly vegan or paleo or keto or really strictly following Whole30 and not really noticing a difference or just feeling terrible while you're forcing your body to go through it. And this just brings it back to that intuitive side of really paying attention to what your body's asking for, how your body feels. And maybe if you really, really want to focus in on doing a certain type of diet or routine for an amount of time, the things Heather's going to talk about might be the things that help guide you through feeling better through the process and or just becoming more in tune with what your body really needs and letting go of all those food rules to begin with, which is ideally what we would love for to happen for everyone. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And just really becoming more in tune with your stress response, what you can do about it, how you're holding your body, what that's doing to the to the internal components that we don't really pay attention to or know much about unless you really deeply dive into scientific research. And even so, it's so separated that it's not really a holistic approach like we like to take here. So, Exactly. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing with She Changes Everything, the company you know Jennifer and I have. The biggest message is that small changes make big differences, but more importantly, that it has to be the right changes for you and that it's all connected. And that's where this conversation I feel like is going to go today because you could pay attention to your food. And if you don't pay attention to your body or your state of mind or your stress, you are not going to get the benefit that you want so desperately to achieve. You have to look at the big picture and then really celebrate that small adjustments can make big differences. So the first and the foremost, I think, reason why this conversation is so important, it's something that I know you believe in and Jennifer says all the time. And the first time she said it, it really stuck with me is that you're not what you eat. You're what you digest. And the millions of Americans that have digestive issues is staggering. And quite honestly, I'll be honest, I have had a lot of digestion issues myself, both dealing with uh, different medical conditions, parasites, uh, gut imbalances and things like that. So I've had my own set of experiences with this and know that until you're actually paying attention to your body and how you sit and how you feel, you're not going to get the results that you want. So It's all about what you actually digest. And the conversation today is to help people just learn some simple ways of thinking about how they're eating that can change what they get out of their food. That's really interesting. Um, I know you said that you have personally worked with certain clients that Jen had been working with and it just like the food component just wasn't enough. So if you could maybe talk us through like the typical type of person that you see this work best for or like what is one situation that just really comes to mind where you saw a huge benefit in that person's experience. For sure. So I think as a culture, we've kind of lost sight of the way that our body rhythms are supposed to run and the way that they work without ever spending a dime on our health. And it really comes down to eating. So with Jennifer's clients, you can be, you can have the perfect food plan. You can have laid out in front of you this perfect set of foods that seem like they're going to fuel your body the best or help promote healing the best. But then if If you leave out this component of how you eat the food, you don't see the results you want. So she's had especially a lot of patients who have IBS, for sure, GERD, 
acid reflux, um, a lot of even allergies where you're breaking out with food and stuff like that. I feel like if it's taking too long to digest or if there's stress along with the digestion, it's increasing your odds of yeah, experiencing that. I would so, agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I think it kind of plays into the allergies. So with, especially with her, she deals with a lot of women and it's cool, like high powered clients that are just rock stars in their life. Like they're dominating at what they do, but for whatever reason, their, their life gets out of balance, sometimes due to trauma, sometimes due to just like chronic neglect. And they don't know the big withdrawal that taking on their body, sometimes due to like medical, what I consider malpractice, where they're either put on a medication for no specifically <laughs> awful reason. And then it starts to create this domino effect in yeah. the body. But you go down the line and there's these incredibly smart, powerful women who are suddenly having in- very debilitating issues with digestion, whether it's IBS, you know, some would struggle with diarrhea, some would struggle with constipation. It doesn't matter which end of the spectrum you're on. And then some just would struggle with burping, which is really embarrassing with you go out to eat for a high powered client dinner. And then all of a sudden you're dealing with excessive burping and you have to figure out how to control that at a meeting. That's that's difficult. It makes life hard very quickly. And so Jennifer realized that the food component was doing good things, but not enough. And then in conversations with many of them started to realize that their eating patterns actually weren't as healthy and as rhythmic as they could be. So once she started to implement, you know, we worked together to start talking about looking through both their posture, looking through their mindset around food, which is critical and then working through their stress levels while eating and then also working with um, how they're feeling and how they're breathing and it just made all the difference in the world for these women they saw significant results in how their digestion felt and I I personally experienced it too I can imagine that that person that you just described is constantly checking emails replying to messages on the phone so they're most likely the person person that rushes out the door first thing in the morning, eats breakfast in their car if they eat breakfast at all. If not, they're probably just drinking a huge coffee and just increasing their stress response. And then doing the same thing through lunch, taking phone calls, not really paying attention to the foods that they're eating or properly taking time to actually sit back and enjoy a meal. And everything's just kind of a rushed system. And I think that's what you're getting at is like their overall stress response doesn't allow them to sit back and take the proper time and moments it takes to like truly digest properly and even just take the deep breath and really just recenter themselves when they need to because they're just on a whole nother level of stress and anxiety always trying to get things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what I want to talk through today so people can kind of get a visual is like good digestion, digestion that doesn't leave you bloated, doesn't leave you with acid reflux, doesn't leave you with constipation. It's like a like I call it the digestion car for the the lack of anything different. And think <laughs> about good four metaphor. wheels on it. You need balance. So these four wheels are how you're sitting, your posture, how you're feeling, your emotions, how you're breathing, what kind of breath work is happening because that actually fuels 
that parasympathetic system or it fuels the sympathetic system, that fight or flight or that rest and digest. And then also how you're thinking, like what is your mindset as you're eating? Because honestly, that affects both your posture and your breathing as well without you even knowing it. And so you can be trying really hard to control, let's say your posture, but your mindset is going to fight you the whole time if it's something that's putting you in a, um, like more of a posture of shame or guilt, which we'll get to. So you have these four wheels and you kind of need to pay attention to them because when you do, you guys, I would challenge every woman listening that when Jennifer and I work with clients, so many of us take care of the people we love, are awesome at our jobs and put so much out into the world that we tolerate a lot of things about our bodies and just like muscle up and get through it. And one of those is digestion. And so all the symptoms we're mentioning, burping, chronic bloating, constipation, acid reflux, those are not normal. Those are not something that you need to continue to tolerate in your life. They're something that can be addressed with different conscious steps. And there's nothing more liberating than stepping out on the other side of dysfunction in your body and then being like, wait, this is what it feels like to just eat a meal and not be so bloated that I have to unbutton my pants and I'm uncomfortable and feel like I chose the wrong outfit. So it's worth taking steps to get there, um, especially if you're in a place where you're not there right now. It always does take time, but the journey is totally worth it and it's worth paying attention to. So I just kind of want to put that out there that step one with your digestion is becoming aware of what you're actually dealing with, what your actual like common experience is with food, and then being able to say, is this something I'm going to tolerate or is this something I'm going to choose to tackle? Yeah, just because it happens to you regularly doesn't mean it's necessarily normal. And I think that's the biggest downfall that a lot of people allow to go for too long. There's small symptoms that are just that just become normal for you when really it could be much better and you've just kind of shrugged your shoulders and gone about your day and just decided it's going to be part of your life where we want to help backtrack and help get you back to what true health and just true vitality really can be. Yes, exactly. And then again, kind of the heart behind why you started this podcast with this whole idea of preventing chronic conditions that are completely preventable by having good lifestyle habits. This conversation about digestion and how you're eating your food is actually a really great investment in your long-term health because it eliminates a lot of wear and tear on your body. And it's free. <laughs> and it's free, which gets me so excited. Because again, someone listening right now could be tempted to kind of like turn it off because it doesn't feel like they're going to learn about the newest, coolest, latest, greatest thing that right. they have to buy because anything at all that's being sold has to be hyped. But this is free. You can never forget it. I say this about a lot of things with body and posture. It's like it's with you always. And it's something that it it knows no privilege and it knows no bounds. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you can put this into play right away. Yeah. And personally, I don't know about you, Heather, but I am exhausted by all of the wellness trends and fads and (laughs) hype and supplements and you have to buy this and you can't meditate without a monitor on your head and like there's just (laughs) there's so many things and gadgets and things that companies are promoting and profiting from when really you can truly just get it back to the basics simplify your wellness routine create daily habits and 
really watch long-term change happen before your eyes. Heck yes. Louder for the people (laughs) in the back. Like Jennifer and I are on a mission to, because women have complicated lives as it is, even men, anyone listening, your life is complicated and we don't need to make it more complicated by having extreme wellness goals without taking care of the basics. So let's dive into the basics. Yeah. What do we do? Again, like I mentioned that those four wheels on a car, first and foremost, posture, it's something we're very unconscious of, and it surprises me how much we don't think about it, but hand raised right here. I didn't think about it either when I was having digestion problems until you finally get this awareness that how you sit completely radically changes how your food digests. And here's an example that'll help put that in perspective. If you close your eyes, try to imagine blowing up a balloon while someone's sitting on it. (laughs) Seems impossible. (laughs) Nothing about that seems fun or effective. Yeah. And then just for another example, imagine you're sitting, but you're going to lean forward and all the way forward and put your hands on the floor. Imagine taking a deep breath in that position. Yeah, no. (laughs) Not a lot's going to happen. And that's the direct impact that your posture has on how your body gets to operate. So your lungs are like balloons in your chest. And if you don't sit up and give them space, there's only so much air that can go into your lungs. So that extreme visual kind of really puts it into play that if your posture is placing restrictions on your chest and on your lungs and on your stomach and on your intestines, it gets very hard for them to do their job. And that's something that you can take care of simply by sitting up straight, by lifting your waist out of your hips, by lifting your chest up to create more space for your lungs. That tall, upright posture is going to do so much for your digestion and what your body's able to do. So your body needs space to digest. And this is ideal posture when eating, but it's also just that ideal posture. If you're feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, and you want to take that deep breath, that should be the position you're in to really get the ultimate benefit of it. Yes, absolutely. It makes a big difference. So Just to kind of imagine, again, I really want to emphasize this. People will write off posture and then be surprised when their digestion isn't good. But think about like this super highway storm drain after a rain or thunderstorm where you've got water just pouring through it at this incredible rate. There's power behind that. And now imagine trying to push water through a straw that has a pea stuck in it. Like (laughs) it's tiny, it's compacted and nothing about it is easy. So it's putting a huge load on your body when you're doing that for your digestive system and for your lungs. So you want to create openness in your body at any point in your life. When you're at your desk, when you're in your car, living, moving, breathing, the more openness and lift you can create through your body, the less you have this burden of poor posture on it. And that is going to change how you're able to digest just by sitting up straight and getting a nice tall posture. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the basics of like really just putting your phone away and all the things that you have to do on your to-do list when you're (laughs) eating a meal and give it 10, 15 minutes to sit there, get in a comfortable position and really just enjoy the food that you're eating versus just shoveling it in your mouth mindlessly crunched over a computer typing away not really paying attention and that's where I think the extra stress gets put on our body and we're not even aware of it yep exactly that's that's the important like that's the second wheel because it doesn't matter if you give yourself this big 
nice open posture as you sit, if you're stressed, it's still going to affect your blood flow in your body and your breathing rate. So there is a reason why the sympathetic nervous system is called fight or flight and the parasympathetic nervous system is called rest and digest. And it's all about where the blood and your body's resources go. So when you are stressed and you're in fight or flight, the blood rushes to your extremities. Your body knows it's going to need to go. And it believes you're in a position where you might have to run and escape danger. It doesn't know that the danger is no longer something like evolutionary, like a tiger or a lion. (laughs) And it's, it's your boss. It doesn't know. It just knows that it needs to be prepare you for massive action. Blood's all out in your muscles. You're producing cortisol to help maximize your strength and your reflexes. And then that prevents digestion because it takes it out of your organs, the blood and your resources. When you move your body into the parasympathetic state, that rest and digest, it's called that because your blood flow literally goes back to your digestive system and then it lets it relax and loosen up and have the resources that it needs to digest your food, which is why it's so important for your body to get there when you're eating. Yeah. Little personal side story real fast. When I was working at a really busy ER and I was in charge and I took on way too many responsibilities and I wanted to change the world (laughs) with that position and I was going to all these conferences and meetings and talking to the CEOs and the CNOs of the hospital and I was just for five years really submerged into a really highly stressful position. It's actually really funny. Ben still remembers this. I don't do it or feel it anymore at all but I used to talk about it a lot and kind of joke about it how when I would be at home or something and I would eat, I think because it was one of the few times I was like in a calm, relaxed state, I would all of a sudden feel after eating a meal, all the blood would rush to the center of my body, the external like extremities would get cold. And I would feel like I would always just say like, I just ate and like my blood, everything rushed into focus. And I feel like there was a big shift in my body at that point because I was so out of balance and so out of tune with what I needed to really balance things on a daily basis. Like it was, it was so real for me that I would get freezing cold and I would feel everything rush to the center of my body when I would eat a meal. Only when I would be at home and like in a more relaxed state. And now it just, it's not part of my routine. I've found a lot more balance with my new career. I have a longer lunch break in the times that I get to go outside and enjoy the meals that I'm eating and just become more mindful with what I'm doing and how I'm handling my stress and situations. And I just think it's really interesting because the way you just explained those two extreme differences, I used to feel that very, very strongly (laughs) in my body. Yeah, that's an excellent example because that's exactly what you're trying to control with your posture and your stress levels. And you you were actually aware enough to be able to notice the difference. And what I really want people to walk away from from listening to this podcast is a lot of people would blame the food or would rail at some different things that actually they're not something that you have as much control over as you do over your stress and your posture. And those are equally playing a role in how you feel after you eat. Yeah. So just... Um, One more note on posture, that first wheel, research specifically shows that it changes the quality of how you digest your food. And interestingly enough, so what they would do is they would test women who were sitting up and digesting their food and like use different testing to know what their carbohydrate rate of digestion was, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and then test women laying down. The women laying down always had better 
digestion. Interesting. And quicker digestion as well. And it's not quite as much about the actual posture. It is a little because your torso is elongated when you're laying down and you give your body back that space. You might be stealing with it by how you're sitting. But it's also equally about the fact that when you lay down, your body more naturally goes into rest and digest. Yeah, that makes sense. And the blood goes into your stomach. So there, it, it kind of proves a little bit of both at the same time, that they do help with your digestion. And back to what I started with, you're not what you eat, you're what you digest. So those two things alone go really far for actually getting nutrients out of the food that you're putting in your body. Yeah, 100%. Yep. So let's say you've taken care of the first two wheels. You've taken care of your posture. You're sitting up. You've taken care of your stress and how you're feeling and you've you've noted your stress. But if you're not then um, changing the quality of your breath and your breathing, you're still not going to get the results that you're going for. Because when you're moving your body out of a stressful state into a relaxed state, the first thing your brain kind of checks in on to know if that's happening is the quality of your breath. So you can be sitting in your seat and you're like, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm. (laughs) Thinking that all day long and then nothing's happening because your brain is like, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. Because what it's looking at is it's looking at the rate of your breath. So if your inhale is, let's say five seconds and your exhale is longer, they say 10 to 15 seconds, it checks in to see if your exhale is longer than your inhale because it believes, think about hyperventilation when you're in that quick state of breathing. That's kind of like a stressed go state. It has a lot of benefits um, when you dig into it for quick reaction and quick thinking and things like that. No benefits for digestion. Your brain knows that. short and fast. Yes. So it's checking in, not with what you're thinking, but with how you're breathing. Are you taking deep breaths, truly deep breaths, and are you getting a longer exhale than your inhale? So you want to work on your breath quality while you're breathing. And it's something where I tell clients, you don't have to go crazy about it. But if you take like three breaths to start your meal, where you have an intentionally high quality of breath and a long exhale, so it's a full inhale, it's actually lifting, raising up your posture, getting you to sit tall. And then that exhale is nice and slow and relaxing and it takes time to flow out of your body. Your brain will feel that And even if you can't maintain it through the whole meal or if you don't want to, it's going to set you up for allowing that blood to flow back into your digestion and to be able to have a better eating experience. So it is a more mindful state because you actually have to consciously think about it in order to take that longer or deeper breath, longer exhale. And it, it really is a great trigger. If you do it right now while you're listening to this, you'll feel a small shift in your body. Yeah. The one I love to recommend, it's one I commonly give people even just to handle stress in their life and then also to help set them up for eating is the five, 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 five breath. And you inhale for five seconds. You actually hold all the air in your body. Feel that openness for five seconds. You exhale for five seconds and you hold it all out for five seconds. Two things happen. One, the exhale is actually 15 seconds and the inhale is five seconds. So it's much, much longer. It's a quick drag where your body knows, wait, we got some long exhale going on here. (laughs) And then it also, by counting the breath, it focuses your mind and brings you into the present moment. Because what's really dangerous while eating, even for your digestion, 
is that we are mindless. We're thinking about a million other things. We're looking at our phones. I do it all the time if I'm not being intentional about this. We're doing a lot of other thinking, worrying, stressing, and not present with our food. And by counting those first few breaths and getting that exhale, you are bringing yourself into the present moment where you can more fully experience your food. Because that's the big thing that I would say. When you're breathing deeply, you're in the present moment. It lets you appreciate and experience what you're eating so you don't look up and say, oh my God, it's gone. I ate the whole bag. Right. <laughs> that was my big MO in college is I would like be working on a research project, which was highly stressful, due in the morning, open up the bag of chips, and then they would just go in my mouth while I was working. <laughs> I never tasted a single one of them, truly. You it know, was and just then the, bag the routine, gone. the habit, the <laughs> you're not unconscious thought. Yeah. The food. So taking that breath, that third wheel and monitoring how you're breathing, giving yourself a good quality of breath while you eat, it, you know, has multiple benefits for you. It convinces your brain you're safe and that it also brings you to the present moment so you can actually appreciate what you're eating. Yeah. And I mean, you guys can apply this when you're not eating as well. If you feel like you're just getting overwhelmed by whatever it is going on in your life in that moment, take a minute, take a step back adjust your posture, do that breathing exercise Heather just went through, you will feel a small shift and it just brings you back into the present, brings you back into your own mind and you'll make better decisions moving forward as well. Absolutely. Such a good point. And then the one thing I would add onto that is when you're in that stressful situation and you take that five, 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 five breath, it tells your brain you're safe. But what's really cool is it helps shut off the cortisol rush that's happening And it takes time to clear that out of your body. It takes resources that causes inflammation. And the longer it goes on, the more inflammation your body's dealing with. So when you get that breath in and you help kind of cut that stress response and stress state off at the pass, it's helping you recover faster and deal with less inflammation, deal with less cortisol. And it just, it sets you up to stay healthier longer get healthier quicker kind of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Will you take a moment and walk us through in real time what that breathing exercise would be and everyone can just kind of do it with us whether they're at home listening out for a walk or driving their car just so they can get a feel for what it should feel like and look like? Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to. So just sit up tall wherever you're at. Give your body and your lungs that space for that breath. And if you aren't driving or something crazy and you can close your eyes, that would be great as well because it shuts out the sensory cues that we're always getting from light in our eyes. And then begin to inhale through your nose for a count of one, two, three, four, five. I want you to hold it all in your body. Keep that lift in your body. And then begin to let yourself exhale out slowly. All the air leaves your body and then hold it out of your body. Now you're going to really be ready for that inhale. Big, big inhale through your nose. Take a big breath in for five, four, three, two, one. Hold it in for five, four, three, two, one. Breathe it out. Relax for three, two, one. One, and then hold it out for four, three, two, one. And then just keep breathing naturally and notice that the quality of your breath is different. I love that. I'm more relaxed already. (laughs) You can hear it in my voice. (laughs) I can. It's an instant game changer. And you always have it everywhere you go in life. 
So one other quick note on the breathing. Um, your idea of what a big breath is, a deep breath is probably not the true capacity of what your body's capable of because we actually lose lung capacity as we age and we lose lung capacity as we allow our body to get away with that short, shallow chest breathing. So the 5555 breath will be difficult for you if you're only doing a short, shallow inhale because that exhale and that holding out and that breathing out is going to take a long time. So it becomes easier and even more powerful the more lung capacity you have. So one of the things I would tell people is to really feel if there's a change in your body as you breathe. Are your side ribs opening up? Is your chest lifting up? And are you getting a true deep breath as you breathe? The deeper the breath, the more you'll find you're able to take those long exhales without being freaking out like, okay, why do I get to inhale again? This there. is really terrible. <laughs> yes, it's just the cue that you can work on your breath capacity and your lung capacity. And, um, you know, it's really funny because I, I think we don't know what our lungs are capable of until you kind of lose it. Ask anyone who's had like pneumonia or a respiratory infection or any kind of, you know, pulmonary issues. Once you all of a sudden have that stripped away, your ability to take a deep breath, it makes you really appreciate for the fact that you the fact that you can. And it also helps you want to get it back as well really right. quickly. Personally, 23 weeks pregnant over here, I'm losing my <laughs> lung capacity as well. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the lack of air in my breath, I can totally feel when I try and talk too long for too long-winded of a sentence or if, with exercise, all of those things, I can tell I don't have the air capacity that I had 23 weeks ago. So that deep breath is even more <laughs> beneficial for me right now, and I can truly feel it. It is. Yeah. I remember the biggest kind of wake up call I had for my breath was I was in a car accident my freshman year of college and it was a bad one. I broke some lungs and uh, I broke some ribs <laughs> and I couldn't take a deep breath. I was like literally breathing little sips of air, oh, tiny sips yeah. of air. It's and even so those painful. Were painful. Yeah. And then I had to begin to do... I. I'm wondering if anybody listening's ever done, you know, that exercise where you breathe into the tube and you the, see the incentive how, spirometer. <laughs> yes, the yeah. spirometry. Yeah, how much you can breathe out. It's kind of like the reverse of the hammer at the carnival. You're trying to like <laughs> strike the hammer, hammer and let the the ring the bell where you're doing the opposite where you're trying to breathe out enough force right. to basically ring the bell at the top and it's hard. It's hard and difficult work once you've had your breath stripped away from you, but it reminds you of what there is to lose and how important it is to keep it. So for everybody out there, continue to think about how deep you can breathe and then value the fact that you can. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So back to now to that final wheel of that car. Now, remember you, your goal to not have like constipation, to not have bloating is to move your food through your body as quickly as possible. A lot of bloating happens when for whatever reason, digestion slows. Let's say you don't have the right enzymes or your gut bacteria is off, or your posture is smashing down your intestines, your stomach and creating this kind of blockage to good digestion. Yeah. That restriction is going to start to back you up. So you want to create all the opportunities you can for food to flow through more quickly. And one of the the final way that really will affect your posture and your breathing, in addition to your stress levels, is your thinking around food. And this is a, a sensitive one. And I I don't want anyone 
who's listening to this to feel targeted. I want them to just make it hopefully allow them to start asking themselves good questions and just create awareness of how they really feel around food when they eat. Because for multiple clients that I've worked with Jennifer, our society has created so many food rules. And so many of us have grown up with really bad examples about food or shame around food or guilt around food choices because we're breaking somebody else's rules, that it is creating this psychological barrier to good digestion because we are being triggered by how we're thinking about food. You're guilty. You feel shame. You like there's so many stress responses and emotional responses around food. Yes, exactly. So I actually experienced this personally with I for one of the first health crises I had, I had to go on a candida diet, an extreme one, which is a story in and of itself, but where you suddenly could not eat a drop of sugar at all and fruit. And then there comes this time where if it's time to start to move off of that restricted diet, restrictive diet, which had healing benefits, that all of a sudden you have these new complexes around food that you didn't realize that you did. And so I would hesitate and not want to eat the apple. There would be this fear that would rise up that I was going to be feeding the candida and beginning to spark imbalance in my body again. And so then it creates tension. If you're not aware of it, it creates tension in your stomach and it creates a much more shallow breath and it even kind of usually subtly changes your posture. And so I would work with women on being aware of if you are um, struggling with eating a food, if you are noticing that you have a lot of thoughts going through your mind about if you should or should not be eating something, and you, I'm sure, would know this as a recovering vegan. It probably <laughs> had to be something that was triggering for you to make start making new food choices that your oh, body 100%. was craving. Yeah, it was hard. And it was hard to start admitting to other people that I was going to start eating those foods too because I had spoken so loudly about why I wasn't eating them for the past 10 years. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways that those issues kind of come up and those fears come up and those that shame and that guilt comes up around food. But the thing is, it has a physical effect on your body. So it shows up in your breathing and it shows up in your posture and then it helps it fights against the work you're trying to do to set yourself from yeah, it creates there. that additional tension and restriction within your body. Yes. So you have to check in with your breath and you have to check in with your thoughts and ask yourself, am I really open and excited to make this choice that I'm making for myself, you know, using my best intentions and good sense? Or is there this constriction or restriction or shame or guilt about it that's bringing me down? And if you have that awareness, one, you can either work through the mindset and say, no, no, I've made this choice and I made it for these rational reasons. For me, it was like, no, no, I know my body's in balance and I can handle some sugar. Um, For many reasons, it's good to keep the part of my body that knows how to deal with sugar and handle it alive and thriving. And I need to incorporate this back into my diet to really have lifelong balance. You reset with the thought process that helped you make that decision about the food to begin with. You control your breathing and your posture, and it allows you to just move back into a place where there's more peace about your food choices and there's more joy about your food choices, and it changes how you digest your food. I really appreciate you bringing this conversation to the table because it just, it truly brings it all full circle because we've 
talked about time and time again how those dogmatic food rules just really don't serve us well, especially long term, because of situations like this. There's internal stressors and external stressors that you might not even realize are a component to it all, but it it's truly all connected. And this just brings you back to that more intuitive, that that mindset, that paying attention to what's really working for you and making that bigger decision if you need to stick to somebody else's strict rules that they decided to put in a book and call themselves uh, expert, for lack of a better word, on that diet. But it's just that they created that diet and that diet worked for them. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to work for you. And all that restriction might be the thing that's causing increased stress and digestive problems and other health issues for you long term. So this was really interesting to just kind of connect it all together. Yeah, because it does, that does affect your body's capability of healing. And Jennifer talks about this all the time. There is no foolproof research. Research is changing all the time. So you can be hanging your hat and creating fear around food that's seizing you up around a study that either is going to eventually be proven false or hasn't been proven, proven true or could change. And so the more powerful indicator is to get really quiet and start to listen to the signals your body and your spirit are telling you and use that and all the information and all the research to make your choices instead of hanging your hat on one research study or one idea because I I cannot emphasize this enough. I kind of got was guilty of it at certain times is that you can't put rules around how your body's going to heal and how your body's going to feel well. Don't put yourself in that box that says only this food group, only eating at this time is going to heal me. And if I ever break it, I'm bad. I need that shame. I need that guilt. It's going to hold you back from really flowing through your healing and working with your body to get to a place of equilibrium and feeling amazing. Yeah. It's so well said. Um, I think we're pretty much at the end of this episode. So you've touched on the four main components of posture, stress, your breathing, your mindset. Are there any other last tips you want to leave us with? Yeah, two simple ones and then a quick roundup. First of all, so you let's say you've taken care of like you said, the stress and your mindset and your breathing and your posture, your clothes actually play a role as well in how well you digest your food. So if you're wearing a super tight waistband, super tight yoga pants, it's cutting off that flow through your body as well. And I'm a yoga instructor. So for the longest time before I was conscious of this, I had no idea why I would bloat every time I was eating when I was at the studio or you know teaching my classes in my tight little yoga pants. It makes a difference. And it's something you can just think about. So if you've kind of checked all these other boxes for looking at your digestion and something still feels off, you can also look at your clothes, see if they feel really tight or restrictive, and then try to find different ways to eat in an environment that lets you have a little bit more, you know, relaxed capabilities with your clothes that you're choosing to wear. Yeah. It's just another external factor that might be playing a role. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then one other thing is women, we're kind of conditioned to want to suck our stomachs up and into our body <laughs> to look a little thinner. We can't help it. Even as you're sitting, um, it's something that we naturally do. And so for everyone, wherever you are listening right now, just see if you can relax your stomach down and let it puff out like a baby. 99% <laughs> of us, you, you just did it. I know you did. <laughs> well, I we're, literally have a baby have in a there. Baby so. <laughs> 
still, we naturally pull it up and in. And so when you're eating, if you can start to condition yourself to let it relax and get that extra space while you're eating, and then it again becomes a nice strong torso when you're standing and moving, it gives you extra space. It goes a long way towards also creating that good super highway of digestion flow that we're all (laughs) looking for. I love that. Um, I did see on Instagram, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or today, but you guys just released the date and location for Nashville. Is that true? Yes. She did. So excited. Yeah, give us a little info on that. So it's September 21st. It's a Saturday. It's an all-day event, and the location is super cool. It's, you know, if you follow Jennifer and I, you know that we're pretty passionate about human trafficking and having people feel free and safe. The location is called the Thistle Farms Cafe, and it's this really cute shop that uses locally sourced goods, but they also have a component where they fund giving women support and rehab and community to come out of human trafficking, come out of addiction and live free, happy lives. And so it's cool to be able to have it there because we see the power of community when women come together for She Day. It's magical when you feel that support and that collective positive energy that you're just going to be thoughtful and you're going to ask questions about your body. And this is the kind of stuff Jennifer and I dive into because we don't want wellness to feel hard. We want you to have answers and this greater understanding that you can work with your body. And there are so many simple things that you can do to feel amazing. And most importantly, you deserve to feel amazing. So that's coming up and we're ridiculously excited about it. (laughs) That's Nashville. You said September 21st. September 21st. And then you guys are also doing Chicago in the middle of the summer, right? Yes. Chicago is July 27th. And Chicago is such a fun city to be at in the summer. And it's our old home. Yeah, it's where you guys are from. Hometown stomping grounds. Yes. So I can already feel the excitement and electricity around (laughs) Chicago and the companies that are coming together. And then we finish off the year back here in L.A., October 19th at this beautiful community gardens in Oak Park where we'll get to just, you know, round out the year with so many cool communities of women and celebrating all the simple ways that we can feel good as women as women. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for being here. You guys have a few busy months ahead of you. So I'm happy you take the time to sit down and chat with me every few weeks. (laughs) I love it. I love our chat. And uh, you always ask the best questions and have the best stories to reinforce it. I love it. So if you guys are interested in joining Heather and Jen at She Day and all of the cities we just talked about, you guys can head on over to their website at shechangeseverything.com. There's a banner at the top and other multiple places on the page where you can find tickets to she day but that banner on the top is the easiest place to find it and i'll also link to it in the show notes just to make it easier for you to get directly to it it's truly an incredible day and if you haven't been before i highly recommend making this small investment in your long-term health it's what we're all about and that's why we show up here every week so thanks for being here thanks for being here heather and i can't wait to sit down and chat with you soon sounds good (laughs) all right bye